0: Studios.
1: This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Hello, friends. Welcome to After 9. There's so much to talk about on this episode, including Kat yesterday, Daily Blast Live, with the voice of Siri, I might add. hmm The original voice, right? There's a new yeah. voice, isn't
0: there? I think there is a new voice, yeah, but she was the original Siri, and for many, many years, you've recognized her voice, for sure. What was she like? Really nice. Uh, her name's Susan Bennett. She is... Yeah, she's, she did a lot of uh, like character acting, voice acting, before she became known as Siri. And then, much to her dismay, she realized she was Siri. It took her years to let people know that she was Siri, because her story's a lot different. It uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great for her, but she she's definitely embraced it now at this point. So we had a great discussion yesterday. We're going to talk about that
1: coming up here on After 9. First off, yesterday the Prime Minister did a news conference, and he actually talked about something that I'm very interested in. What is Roxham Road and why are people just allowed to walk across the border? If I, as a Canadian, am in the States and I want to come back to Canada, holy shit, I'd be afraid there'd be dogs and helicopters and all sorts of shit chasing after me if I tried to cross anywhere other than a border crossing. But not Roxham Road. People are just walking across with their luggage, wheeling their luggage across the border. And then once they're here, they say, yep, I'm claiming asylum. So we put them up in hotels and we give them money and we give them clothes and we give them health care and we give them everything, even though they didn't cross at the border. I'm confused. Where is this road? It's in Quebec.
0: Okay. And this has been happening for how long? Years.
1: And like nobody's known till now? Oh, no, we've known. Oh, I I just never heard of it. Well, now Quebec is saying to Trudeau, you got to shut this fucking border crossing down. It's not even a border crossing. Stop letting people just walk into the country, claim asylum and, and giving them everything they need. And Quebec said, we just don't have room for it. Thousands of people illegally crossed into canada at roxham road in january alone that's confusing why when how like this is crazy there's more people than ever crossing now we
0: should build a wall
1: (laughs) we're gonna get to that because trudeau actually used the word wall no way but first off a little bit of background a reporter asked him yesterday about roxham road here's what he had to say
2: uh good morning prime minister simon dingley from cbc good to see you again sir what can you do uh, due to restrict access to migrants who are trying to cross into Canada at Roxham Road? Um, for years, we have been focused on um, closing Roxham Road. <laughs> okay. The challenge is not to say, oh, we should close it. The challenge is how to close it. How to make sure uh, that people aren't choosing to cross irregularly into Canada. to.
1: I don't understand that either. He keeps saying... Irregular border crossing. Is he afraid to say say illegal? Is it not illegal? He should be saying illegal. It is illegal. You have to cross at the border. I don't understand why we're not calling it what it is.
2: Protect the integrity of our immigration system, but also stay true to the values that we have. It would be unfortunate to put up barricades and close Roxham Road only for border crossings to open up elsewhere along the 6,000 or so kilometers of border that we have with the United States. The, chal- the way to close Roxham Road is to renegotiate the safe third country agreement with the United States, which is something that we've been working on uh, for many, many, many months now. We're making real progress, uh, but until we manage to do that, uh, we need to continue to support uh, our immigration system, we need to make sure that the resources...
1: Yeah, okay, I'm not going to play any more of that nonsense, but it, it's crazy to me that this is going on, and it's getting worse. Thousands mm-hmm. of people last month alone crossed the border. And and you mentioned the wall. We heard a lot about the wall, and, and people made fun of Donald Trump for talking about building a wall, but America's got a problem too. America's got thousands of people a day flooding over their southern border from Mexico into America, and some of them will claim asylum. Some of them will just dip and run, and they're I- illegal immigrants living in America. Yeah, it's a real mess. But yesterday, uh, another question got asked about Roxham Road, and the Prime Minister responded, and he actually used the word wall. The, con- the Conservative leader suggested yesterday that Roxham Road can be closed without renegotiating the safe third country agreement. Is that the case? Can it just be closed without that discussion with the United States?
2: Uh- could somebody put up barricades and uh, and a big wall? Um, yes, if Pierre Polyov wants to build a wall at Roxham Road, someone could do that. The problem is we have six thousand kilometers worth of undefended shared border with the United States. And as we saw with tragedies at Emerson, as we've seen uh it challenges elsewhere across the country, people will choose to cross elsewhere. The only way to effectively shut down not just Roxham Road but the entire uh border to this uh these irregular crossings is to renegotiate the safe third country agreement then I don't understand why he hasn't done it. This
1: has never been a problem in the past. When Stephen Harper was the prime minister and Barack Obama was the president, we didn't have a problem. When Donald Trump was the president and Justin Trudeau was the prime minister, we didn't have this problem. Now that it's Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden together running the show, we have a massive problem. Mm. Their southern border and our southern border. Now, I haven't added up the geography on it all, but he says there's 6,000 kilometers of border that we would have to build a wall along. I'm pretty sure that includes some water. I don't think we need to put a a border in the middle of Lake Huron, for example. I don't think we need to put a a wall in the middle of Lake Michigan. But in, in any case, he says it can't be done. We can't stop people from just coming into Canada, not at a regular border crossing. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Do you think Canadians would be in favor of building a wall? If, if now you're not just hearing it from Pierre Polyev, you're hearing it from the, the premier of Quebec, Francois Legault, who's saying, stop it. Stop letting these fucking people come, in, come into Quebec. And, and apparently we're bussing them everywhere. Quite a few people that crossed at Roxham Road because they didn't have any more hotels to put them up in in Quebec got bussed to Niagara Falls. These are Mexican immigrants that crossed through Canada. Sorry, they're South American immigrants that went all the way across America to the Quebec border and just strolled across with their luggage and, and those pillows that you wear around your neck and everything. Yeah, they look like up. they just got off a plate. <laughs> it's fucked up. For him to say we can't do anything about it is crazy to me. But he did also get asked about something that I think a lot of people are really starting to pay attention to now. And, and that's the story that came out Friday in the Globe and Mail that our election, the last one in particular, that one for sure, may have been interfered with by the Chinese. Listen to this. Next question. Hi, Prime Minister, Jessica Smith with the Canadian Press.
0: Um, Federal protocol says that there would be a public announcement from the Election Interference Task Force if they determined that an incident or an accumulation of incidents threatened Canada's ability to have a free and fair election. Uh, No such announcement was made, but now we're learning more details about those threats in bits and pieces. Um, Why can't the task force share what they learned and why they came to this conclusion? And uh, why should Canadians trust you when you say this interference didn't influence the outcome?
2: I think taking a step back. (laughs) Uh Let's understand that this is an extraordinarily serious issue. Yes, it is. The issue of the integrity of our elections, the integrity of our democracies is something that all democracies around the world are struggling with right now because we are seeing systematic attempts at interference by countries like China and Russia and others who want to destabilize democracies, who want to undermine people's confidence in their institutions, uh, who want to sow chaos. Uh, in people's confidence in their democracies so this is something that needs to be taken very seriously as we have back Kay- in we're all taking it very seriously I don't understand why he's not answering the question In 2019 looking at what was happening around the world this government took action and created an independent nonpartisan panel of top public servants informed directly by all the intelligence agencies working on this issue to be able to ensure and to reassure Canadians that the integrity of our elections held. This doesn't mean there hasn't been interference. Of course we have talked openly for many many years about the real threat of interference and attempts by interference that countries like china continually do within our democracies and we have continually
1: i'm gonna stop it i'm just getting mad he's not answering the question we just want to know how do you know that it didn't change the outcome china said our goal is to get justin trudeau re-elected with a minority government. So they targeted specific ridings and they boosted those liberal candidates and did everything they could to undermine the conservative candidates. And lo and behold, that's what happened. We got a Trudeau minority government. How can Trudeau say it didn't change the outcome? It's mind-boggling and he's not answering the question. You had an interesting day yesterday. You were on the Daily Blast Live. It was a syndicated,
0: it's a syndicated show. Um, and I said I was done interviews, right? Like on this whole TikTok text-to-speech thing. That's what I However, thought. but there's obviously opportunities if they come along that I'll absolutely do. So yeah, there's uh, an asterisk on it. And when I was told and asked, hey, would you want to be on Daily Blast Live? I was like, I don't know. Um, this is a, yeah, it's a syndicated talk show in the States for those who don't know. And actually someone I really, really like, Jeff Schroeder, he's on the panel. He is actually a Big Brother guy. So he was like an OG Big Brother contestant, um, now turned broadcaster. And so I'm a fan of his, so I was well aware of what the show was. Um, but I was kind of like, hmm, I don't know. But then they mentioned, we're trying to get you on with Susan Bennett. And Susan Bennett is the voice of Siri, the original voice of Siri. And that's when I went, oh, well, in that case, yeah, I'll do this one. So I was happy to hop on yesterday on the show. I didn't know how long the segment was going to be. I truly, a lot of the times when you do these things, they're like two minutes and then you're off. But we ended up chatting for like nine minutes yesterday,
1: let's and play, it was great. Let's play just a little bit of Cat yesterday on Daily Blast Live. Uh, but
2: Cat, you were hesitant to reveal in the first place that you were actually behind the TikTok text-to-speech voice called Jesse. How come?
0: Well, once you tell people, Jeff, it's. You can't untell them, um, so there's <laughs> that. And also, like, honestly, when when my voice of Jessie first went on the platform, she's very happy. And some people were really taken aback. I mean, a lot of these uh, speech-to-text or text-to-speech options were very monotone before this, right, mm. uh, as Susan knows very well. And I didn't do that. It was a very happy, peppy situation. And so when people saw it and had heard it on TikTok, some people didn't like it. And I thought, well, maybe it'll just go away then. Maybe they're gonna like delete it from the platform. But it didn't happen, and people used it more and more. So I thought, okay, maybe they don't hate me, so I'll tell them.
2: <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's
1: kind of weird talking it to you. Is. It's like You're a robot. Yeah. It's crazy. I love it. What's it like getting on TikTok and hearing your voice? Kind of like we're surprised right now. And so many different people use it
2: for their videos.
0: Yeah, I love freaking people out right now. It's it's so much fun. Um, yeah, you know, it's cool. I love, I love that people. Choose to use it, I do, because um, it's resonating with people. In some way, I don't know what it is, but it's the most used um, option on there, which means something. And to me, it probably means that people like that uplifting voice. Yeah. So every time I see someone use it, I'm happy. If you want to use it on your platform, please use my voice. I, I love it. I it's think
1: accessible. it's so cool. It is. And it's, it's accessible too. Yes. Yeah. And you're like part of like pop culture. It's unbelievable.
0: Okay. Susan, now I have to ask you this. You are, which is awesome. A former backup singer for Burt Bacharach. Ooh. May he rest in yes. peace what? and have done. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I know. I learned a few cool things about Susan yesterday. Okay. So Tell us about the voice of Siri. You, yeah. you spent some time with her yesterday.
0: So yesterday, before you go on, this was a live show, obviously, Daily Blast Live. So a lot of these like live news things and stuff behind the scenes, they make you wait, obviously, um, until your your turn is up. And didn't get a chance to chat with the host, which would have been cool, just because this is live all the way through, and they stream it, although it's on a televised there in the States. I don't know if they televised it here. I got to figure that out. But it is live on their YouTube stream all the time. So the full hour is them back and forth. So we had no chance to like chat with the host. But they did connect Susan and I ahead of time, which was great. So we got to chatting about all kinds of things. Um, and uh, yeah, got really. it was a very interesting. I had some questions for her in terms of like how she felt after. Like we all know that she was kind of mortified. She was terrified that her voice was the voice of Siri at first. She did try to sue them. And she talks about that in the interview. But she said, I'm just trying to do some something good with it and, and we're having some fun with it. And she used to host these event, she kind of turned it into more of a public speaking thing. Like that's not my jam. I want to do a lot like like different things with, with my platform, but she liked to do the public speaking thing. So I was like, good for you. So she was telling me more about like the behind the scenes, what she's doing. Um, she's been doing this a long, long time though, like a long time. So for her, she's kind of like in the state of, you know, whatever comes along, comes along. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting to get her perspective. We we're going to do some stuff together too. Cause I said, why aren't you on TikTok? Like, why aren't you on Instagram and stuff? So she's not comfortable with the social media
1: stuff. Um, I was going to say, she's actually quite old. Like, she looks like the kind of person that would need help figuring out an iPhone. Ironically, because she's Siri.
0: She's Siri, correct. And she's got Twitter and she likes Twitter. She's a Twitter person, which is great. She has over 2 million followers on there. Her platform's incredible on there. Uh, But she doesn't do much with the other ones. So I was like, well, why don't I help you kind of build it a little bit if you want? We can do some collabs together. And so I'm thrilled to say that we are talking right now. We got each other's contact info. So uh, she and I are discussing some fun stuff that we're going to do. Uh, leading up to her maybe joining TikTok, I'm not sure if she will or not, but it'll definitely be on mine. Uh, TikTok and Instagram, at Voice of Cat, Cat with a K. So watch for that. We'll see how it goes. We're gonna do like little bits at a time and 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 see.
2: That's and crazy. It, that
0: is crazy. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Have you two ever met in person? Just now. No. Just, just now. Just, we, were we were just, just talking. Just <laughs> Yeah, we were just talking to one another right before we went on, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know how many times I've talked about Susan Bennett, especially recently with my reveal people bring up? And Siri's a real person. I'm like, I know. Her, Her name, name is Susan Bennett. Bennett. Good for you guys. That's
1: great. That's- uh, that was a good interview. You can see the whole thing on the Daily Blast Live YouTube if you want to watch the rest of Kat on there yesterday. Cat, the uh, regulating body in the U.S., they're called the Food and Drug Administration, has made a major and controversial ruling. They say that soy, oat, and almond, and all the other drinks like them may continue to call themselves milk. (laughs) They say they can continue to call themselves milk because they're plant-based and never pretended to be actual dairy. Right. I get that they never pretended to be dairy. But when I think milk, I think something that's getting extracted from the teat of an animal. I don't think of almonds, I don't think of cashews, I don't think of soy and oat and all that sort of shit. To me, it is misleading, because no, it's not milk. Milk is dairy, as far as I'm concerned. That's what the dairy farmers wanted the US FDA to rule, is that milk is a term reserved for dairy. But no, the FDA is saying, yeah, just go ahead and use milk, because you never pretended you were. Like, if I decided to call a rum and coke a milk but never pretended that it was actual milk, I could call a rum and coke milk. <laughs> By the way, that does happen though. You have, dr- you,
0: there are alcoholic drinks, for example, that call themselves something they're not. That's the truth. So why, why here? Because once we open this can of worms, my gosh, we have to change the name of all kinds of things. Listen, people aren't stupid. And I, I understand dairy farmers uh, might be upset, but I don't know why you shouldn't be upset. People understand the difference. There, sure, there are some maybe occasional people who think that it's milk, but it's literally in sections of non-milk. You know, grocery stores divide it with, like, plant-based shit. Here it is. You know, uh, alternatives. There it is. No one's going to go up to an almond milk and be like, this one came from a great cow. <coughs> like, if you're that dumb, that's your own fault and you're purchasing the wrong item. I just... I don't get the argument. I really don't. I I and I know the joke. Like, "Huh, oh, do almonds have nipples though?" Like, I don't fucking care. I produce milk. I could, pro- well, I don't anymore, but I once did. And I'm not fucking offended, okay? Are the cows offended? Probably not. Are the goats offended? Probably not. But their
1: farmers are.
0: I do- Yeah, because they're What they What are you worried about? Like, I don't I, I, They're They're worried about lost profit over this? Is that what it is? Did it come down to money? Is my question.
1: Because people will drink soy milk, oat milk, almond milk, all that shit. And because it has milk in it, they've convinced themselves that they've had milk. When in reality, no, they haven't had milk. They had almonds that sat in water for a very long time and produced down into something that is not dairy in any way. They wanted milk to be reserved for dairy and whatever else. I, I know it's not juice, so we don't want to call it almond juice or soy juice, but it should be called something other than milk They should almost create A new word for it Or a new term In fact That probably would have been Revolutionary Rather than just piggybacking On milk How about nut slosh Do
0: we like Nuts that slosh.
2: <laughs>
1: Let's call it jizz.
0: Listen, no, that's taken. Nobody, nobody was mistakenly buying it. Is 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 my is my thing. That's why, like FDA, I stand by. I I agree with what they're saying. I know that there's going to be some dairy farmers that might at me, and that's totally fine. You, you can do that, and I understand. You work really hard. Dairy farmers are some of the hardest working people that we have ever like produce doing what they do for a living takes long hours it is a it is a lifetime commitment essentially they don't go a lot of them don't go on vacation and 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 take a day off none of them do actually I think none of them do unless they get to the point where they're able to hire others so I respect fully but I just think the argument is kind of silly I think that we all know it's not milk that's why we go out of our way to call them plant-based alternatives usually. You, you, sure, you say almond milk. You say rice milk or, or soy milk or any of the other milks that there are cashew milk. But we know it's not milk. We know that there's a difference. and You should know that there's a difference. And I don't think anyone actually goes around mistaking it for that. And that's where I would have had an issue is that people mistook it for that. But I, I don't think it's a big deal. I really don't producers of milk and this farmers keep doing your thing. There's people that are still going to buy it. Don't worry about that. Cause I do believe it's a bottom line money thing that this is all about what it's all about. And by the way, since we've had this discussion about this lawsuit, when it first launched, I remember getting messages from some of our longtime listeners who are farmers. We're up early in the morning for our morning show. Guess what? Farmers are too. Yeah. And I remember hearing from them like, Oh, I hate that we're all painted with this brush because I I'm good with it. I know what milk is. If people want to buy it and assume it's milk or they want to use the word milk, whatever. It's almost like someone calling me a DJ, maybe. I'm not a DJ when I'm on the radio. I'm not a disc jockey. And in fact, I feel like DJs could be insulted by that. Calling a radio announcer a DJ. I don't think anyone needs to sue over it. Like, just let it be.
1: All right, fair. Licensed pot producers are weighing in on whether or not they should pass the savings along to consumers. Now that the OCS has announced it's reducing the margins it makes on weed sales. The move kicks in in September. They say it'll put an extra $35 million in the hands of pot companies this year and $60 million next year. Okay, so the the province is going to take less of a cut. That should mean more profit for the pot companies. Mm -hmm. And the pot companies jump through hoops they have to be very well regulated Mm -hmm. and the regulation is just stifling in a lot of cases. They still can't even properly advertise a product that the government is making bank on. So they asked the pot companies, now that the margins are going to be higher, you're going to be making more. Are you going to pass that savings on to the consumer? Uh, It doesn't look like they're going to. Canopy Growth, that's who makes the Tweed brand, among others. Uh Aha, Tweed. They're going to hold prices where they are so no increase aurora cannabis says they're waiting to find out how the changes will be applied they may lower the prices and canopy and aurora i would say are probably the big two when it comes to making and growing and selling weed i don't find it expensive to begin with is weed really that much cheaper on the black market Is it? Because I don't find pot expensive. If I go into any pot store, I like cannabis. That's one of my favorites. They've got a few locations all around this area and and I'm a member at a number of them. So I like it. Mm. I think, oh, wow, you can get, I don't know, three pre-rolls and they're all uh, a half gram each and it costs you $12. I don't find that to be a big financial burden. I don't understand why we're complaining about the pricing to begin with.
0: I tend to agree with you on that in terms of pricing because I know that we can't compare them. They're not apples to apples, but the only close comparable that I can think of is alcohol. So if I go into the LCBO, for example, and I want something for a night, let's say I buy a bottle of wine, a good bottle of wine is 30 bucks. I could for myself anyway, personally, I know everyone's different, but sometimes it's actually shocking to me when I go and I don't smoke, but I'll do edibles. So I do the chocolate edibles usually if I do it, and uh, I'll buy like two packs at a time, let's say, because that'll last me a long time. I only do it like maybe once a week or something like that. And I'm shocked that they're like, it's only eight, nine, nine bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is for yeah. two packs. And right. I think this is going to last me two months. Yeah. you dollars get- In that case, I'll take the whole fucking shelf. You- this is crazy.
1: A month's worth of edibles for the cost of two Red Bulls.
0: Honest to goodness. Like to me, I think that the price is very fair. So it doesn't bother me if it's not going to be passed on to me. I want to make sure that those who are running these shops, I mean, that's their livelihood. So I, I feel like it should be passed on to them. Let them make the profit, yeah, I
1: think. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think we should be shaming these companies into lowering their prices just because they happen to catch a break. They've been dealt a hand of shit since the start. Let them start making some money and let the people who invested in those pot companies start to make a little bit of money back on their investment because so far the stocks have not been doing great. They've been very up and down. I wanna play something for you that's going viral for two reasons. Number one, because it reignites the conversation on tipping, but it's also potentially a lesson in parenting. I'm gonna play you a video of a mom chewing her teenager out because this kid went to a restaurant, rung up a $104 bill, and left a $10 tip. Less than 10%. Mom lost her shit. <laughs> <laughs> and And you know I maybe behind closed doors this does happen, but I feel like there's not a lot of parenting like this going on these days. Check this
2: out. You need to go get my wallet. You need to go get my visa card. You need to go to the ATM and you need to go grab a 20 and drive back to that restaurant
0: because on a hundred and four dollar check, ten dollars is a shit tip. Go now. I'm not asking, I'm telling. It's not funny. Do you know that guy might have kids? Do you know that 104 he gets taxed on it? You are to go grab my credit card, get twenty dollars, and drive it back there. Yes, ma'am.
2: Yes, ma'am.
1: You don't know how to tell. Ta- <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's incredible. In fairness wow. though, you raised this kid who doesn't know how to well, tip. I
0: mean, I do have questions there. Like if that was if you're that passionate about it, which clearly she is, why wouldn't she have had these conversations before? Or maybe she had. Like I would love to know that backstory too. It was like if you go out though, you're tipping 20%. And that's it. Period. The end. If you need money, if you need me to be the one to tip for you, that's fine. Let me know before you're heading out. You can tell me roughly how much you're spending or text me. I'll e transfer you for that tip money, but make sure because that's important to me. Was that conversation had? Was she just surprised to learn that her kid who's now at that age? Because every kid reaches, you know, different ages and stages. The kid's now at the age where they're going to restaurants with their friends, where they're going out and and they're going to be paying for their meals. And then she realized, oh, shit, I never kind of told him that. He needs to learn that this is not all right. By the way, nothing will teach you that more than throwing them into one of those jobs. Let them start as a, you know, whatever, dishwasher, bus person, whatever the, the deal is. Uh, at a restaurant because nothing will teach you about the service industry and and what to expect and what you should be doing more than working in it.
1: Maybe she did teach him. Yeah, you tip yeah. 15% minimum, 20% is a good average tip. Or maybe the kid heard it and just didn't pay attention to it. Maybe he was being cheap thinking, fuck it, I'm only giving him 10 bucks. I don't need to give him a 20 yeah. I don't have a 20 Yeah. Well, mom's even offering to pay the tip, but he's got to go and actually make that tip. And she yelled. Yes, ma'am. It's a yes, yes ma'am. ma'am. Ooh. When when my mom asked for a yes, ma'am, for me to acknowledge her with a yes, ma'am, I knew I done fucked up. Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't happen very often anymore. But to this day, and it's my mom's birthday today. I'm going over oh, there as soon as the Oh, happy birthday, pod's done, ma! If if my mom says, "Did you hear me?" Yeah. Yeah, who? Yeah, ma'am. Oh, <laughs> that's boy, a, that's a no fucking around kind of mom statement. No kidding. It's,
0: uh, yeah, I never grew up in a yes, ma'am house. That's for sure.
1: I, I, it it does occur to me though.
0: But I was good. I was a pretty good kid.
1: (laughs) (coughs) My daughter has worked in the service industry before, but never my son. And I don't think I've ever had that conversation with him. I've sure as shit bought him enough meals in restaurants over the years that I would hope he understands that we tip at least 20%. That's just the way it is. And I'm going to phone him later on and find out. How much are you tipping when you go out? Because yes. I want to know that it's at least 15% and tell me it's 20 and I'm going to be real happy with it.
0: Yeah, you. that's right. Surprise those servers too. I think a lot of the time what happens is, and I know we've talked about tipping so many times, but what happens is sometimes when servers see those groups of like young kids, you know what I mean? 18, 20, 21, maybe even they're like, Ugh. because the expectation is that they tip like shit. That's the expectation. So if you can surprise that server with, no, I tip 20%, and it's pretty good. I'm going to be teaching my kids that as well. One day they will absolutely hear that from me.
1: There's still so much more I wanted to talk about in this episode, but we're basically at time. Uh, we had a good conversation very early this morning on our FM radio show. If you were up between like 5.30 and 6, we were talking about Madeline McCann. I didn't fully remember the story, but Kat, I know that you've followed along through various true crime and and podcasts and books and stuff over the years. We won't go into it here, but do you think that this woman who's come forward saying that she may be Madeline McCann is actually her?
0: You know, I I want to, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm caught between I want it to be her because I would love for the case to be closed and solved at least it's in one way. You never want to think about what happened to a young child after they were kidnapped, essentially, right? You don't want to think about that. That's terrible. We know that whoever this woman is, this 21-year-old claiming that she could be her, was abused. She had a shitty life um, up to a certain point. And now she's asking questions, and she's wondering if it's her. Part of me does, and it comes down to the eye defect, I think, for a lot of people. And for those who don't know, Madeline McCann had a very, very rare eye. I, I don't even know it's considered a defect. It's just like a, a mark on her eye, and it's a rare one. And this woman happens to have the exact same mark on the exact same eye. I mean, what's the likelihood of that? And she doesn't know her backstory. She's got just very foggy memories from being a very young kid. Otherwise, she was abused. I would. I want to think it's her. I, I, I want to. I, like, deep down inside, I worry it's not.
1: Hmm. Oh, that's an interesting but, case. But either way,
0: I hope that this this young lady who finally got approval for a DNA test with the family, I hope she finds the answers she's looking for.
1: Me too. Uh, the James Webb Space Telescope is doing such incredible things. I'm glad that we invested this money into it because I do think we need to learn more about where we sit in the universe. They have di- or it has discovered galaxies that date back to within 600 million years of the Big Bang. And they say the James Webb Telescope has spotted even older galaxies during its first year of work here. But this is, in size and maturity, the most stunning and vivid images of mega galaxies that it's discovered and photographed.
0: I love that James Webb Telescope. Those photos on there, like, I want to frame them all and put them
1: up on my wall. They're beautiful. You know what I don't understand? I don't understand how this telescope, which is in space— and it's not that far out into space, but obviously being out of our atmosphere, it can see things into the galaxy much better. Could we not turn it around and aim it at the Yukon and find out where the fuck that <laughs> thing is that we shot down? Because, you know, why are, we're getting snowed on this. We shot something down over the Yukon. I, yeah. They said we're going to go and find it, and then they threw their hands in the air after a week and said, well, we can't fucking I find know. it.
0: I, where is it? If you're living in the Yukon and
1: they must know
0: but this is the thing is like are you hearing rumblings like i'd love to know what's up what are you hearing on the ground and i know it's a cold time of year we all know this maybe you don't leave your house but there's a lot of people living up there are they hearing anything are they seeing stuff it's bizarre cat
1: we have jtf2 we have the army rangers we've got the entire u.s military we should be looking for whatever it was we shot down Over Canada. Mm -hmm. And they've thrown their hands in the air and said, well, fuck it, we can't find it. Sorry, everybody. Move on. Like, nothing happened. That's bullshit. I want answers. What did we shoot down? Why did we shoot it? Did we know what it was when we Mm -hmm. were shooting it down? Is it from space? Is it earthly? Is it from China or Russia? All these are relevant questions that nobody is asking and certainly nobody is answering. Where's whatever we shot down? And turn that space telescope around, aim it back at Earth, aim it at Yukon and you'll find the goddamn thing real quick. It's good at finding shit. That's what that telescope does. Spin it around. Can we do that? I
0: don't think it's that easy, but that's a nice
1: thought. Like if you're just bored one day at NASA and maybe you're working the graveyard shift and you're all alone in the office, can you just like spin it around and maybe look in your ex-girlfriend's windows or something (gasps) like that with it? I guess no. (laughs) No, you can't. It's a fireable offense, sir. (laughs) Have a great day, everybody. Happy Throwback Thursday. We will catch you right back here tomorrow with another episode of After 9. Bye-bye.